If you're looking for a podcast to help you make sure you never get your resort and southern home raided by the FBI. <laughs> I really only get one piece of advice and everybody pretty much knows that. Yeah, don't be a criminal. That is uh, precisely it. Don't yeah. commit any federal crimes. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, But this really isn't that podcast. No. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. And here's the thing. Tears normally are salty. But all of the tears I've been seeing on social media, so sweet. <laughs> Oh, um, uh, uh, hello, this is Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a married couple gets together each week, taking turns selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, then we sit down and record our discussion of why we liked it, loved it, or loathed it, and we then share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. Uh, my latest review is for Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt, and we will discuss that more when we get to what we've watched. Yeah, huh? Uh huh. Um, because Maude went with me to see it, oh, and there's a I whole did. story behind that, which isn't terribly <laughs> interesting, but I shall share it with you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Man Stan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. Uh, you can send an email to us, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. And please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts and give us a follow, a like, a rate, a review, and we would be forever grateful. I am joined, as always, by my partner in moviegoing on occasion. As well as my partner in life, my other half. Maud the Slappy Broad. Maud the Slappy Broad. I, I could have been Slappy Squirrel. Yeah. I, I should have been Slappy Squirrel. Well, unfortunately. That job was already taken. Well, it was, and we were in nowhere close to where they were doing auditions. So, And I think they probably had that crew lined up pretty much right off the bat. She was pretty awesome. She was. But anyway. Um, and this week, it was my choice of movie. And now, last week, we did a Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward movie uh, because we had watched the six-part HBO Max documentary. Uh, rest in peace, HBO Max, eventually. Um, uh, uh, called The Last Movie Stars that Ethan Hawke had produced. And uh, this week, I decided to go with another Paul Newman movie, one I had never seen. Uh, I have seen little bits and pieces of it uh, in clips, and they show a decent uh, bit of it in that documentary. Uh, but we watched Slapshot, the 1977 movie uh, starring Paul Newman, uh, along with Michael Antkeen and um, Strether Martin, Jennifer Warren, and more. It is the story of a small town, Pennsylvania industrial, um, uh, like a minor town. league hoppy, hockey team. Um, they are in a, the fictional town of Charleston, Pennsylvania. 
Now, the main employer in the town is a steel mill, and the steel mill will be closed down, uh, putting 10,000 people out of work and essentially turning probably Charlestown into a, a, ghost, town. a ghost town. Um, but there's this minor league hockey league team called the Charleston Chief, Charlestown Chiefs, and they um, are not very good. Uh, their uh, their coach, played by Paul Newman, uh, is getting up there in years. Um, he's a player coach. Uh, the few young players they have are surrounded by a bunch of um, you know C list uh, C team players. Uh, they get they 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 lose pretty frequently. Uh, the uh, manager of the team, who was played by Struther Martin, um, gets um, three young, um, no more than 21 years old, players, and they're all brothers. Um, and uh, Jeff Hansen, Steve Hansen, and Jack Hansen, uh, they look like almost like triplets, but they are each about a year apart. Uh, they are played by Jeff Carlson, Steve Carlson, who actually are brothers, and Dave Hansen. Um, and uh, they wear these thick glasses. They look like nerds, but they're very enthusiastic about hockey. And um, they can also be very, very violent, um, starting fights for no particular reason. Well, it's hockey. Well, it is, but usually there's either bad blood between the players from a previous incident yeah or somebody gets banged up against the boards real kinda, hard yeah. there's an inciting event well these boys don't need one um did it ever say that they're from canada or did i just kind of infer from their speech and stuff that that they were from canada i was thinking they were i was thinking they were from canada eh? yeah yeah um I i'm pretty sure um they were, I, and I'm pretty sure it said, I don't know if they were from Saskatchewan or if that was something else that was talked about. Um, well, there was the recurring song about Saskatoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, these um, three brothers give uh, their player coach an idea. What if they played hyper-aggressive, um, you know, fights all over the ice hockey and these brothers are all for it um, and pretty soon the team starts winning and the fans start coming in because you know there's that old joke that uh, I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out yeah. uh, they love the violence they love watching the fights um, what spectacle is going to happen this time and who's going to get what broken right and how bloody will they get um, and the uh, guys um, think that the players think that the uh, team is going to be sold to a retirement community down in Florida uh, as an investment by this retirement community but that was something that Paul Newman's character just made up and put a fake story in the newspaper uh, to generate more buzz to generate more buzz and to give the players something to look forward, look to. forward to yeah Florida. But, but in fact, there's a very good chance that the team will be shut down 
um, and go out of business when the steel mill goes out of business. So um, they, they get started on this winning run, uh, which makes everybody in the town very happy. They start following around in a school bus. A, a, yeah, they get boosters. A fan, yeah, a fan, a fan club develops. But Michael Ontkeen's um, uh, character. Ned. Uh, Ned, uh, um, yeah, Ned Braden. He doesn't like this style of hockey. He wants to play just Good, clean, straight up Straight hockey. ahead, um, my skills against your skills, and the best player and the best team will win. Uh, but um, Reggie Dunlop, who is Paul Newman, um, you know, he enjoys the fact that they're winning, and he enjoys the fact that these, uh, these fans are coming out in droves to, to come see them, which has something that hasn't happened a lot recently. So uh, it's this conflict between um, uh, Ned and Reg who, over how the team should be, what direction the team should go in, yeah. but they're also winning, something they haven't done much of. Um, there's a whole group of very sort of stereotypical I gotta do a thing. I'm sorry. You got some in your stash. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, a whole group of very stereotypical um, characters, like the one guy who does nothing but talk about sex. Oh, he was gross. Yes, he was. Even for 1977, it was cringy. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of uh, either French or French Canadian players, one of whom doesn't speak English very well, and I think the other one doesn't speak English at all. Um, and you know, and and uh, he always he's he's one of them. The goalie uh, who does speak some English says he's allergic to the hair, but he means the air. The air, yeah. Um, the hair, the hair. Yeah, yeah. Does the hair make me sneeze? Yeah. Well, that sounded more German. Yeah, there, whatever. But anyway, um, and um, you know, there's um. And Paul Newman's marriage had fallen apart years earlier, but they aren't officially divorced. His wife runs a uh, hair salon in town, and he still has feelings for her. Uh, Aunt Keen's uh, wife in the movie is, is very unhappy in the town. She's becoming an alcoholic. Uh, she drives recklessly, and and you know there's there's uh, then there's the one kid in the on the team who is you know sort of good uh he's a decent kid he's not violent but he he wants to be he wants something to stand out so he adopts the nickname killer yeah and taking a cue from the uh three brothers uh becomes more violent on the ice so uh he is Dave Killer Carson, played by Jerry Hauser, who you may not know the name, but you've You'll seen know him that in face. ten thousand other things. You'll know that face. Speaking of faces, just while I have it on my mind, the the Canadian Hanson brothers, the dudes mm -hmm. with the super thick glasses and mm -hmm. the, the mangy blonde hair, think. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, which is very old, but yeah, 77. we oh. hadn't seen it, so it's possible that you may have not seen it. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, imagine Garth from Wayne's World. Mm -hmm. um, With dark hair and thick glasses. Well, Garth had blonde hair. 
No. Wayne had well, the dark yeah. hair. Yeah. Garth had blondish hair. Garth had blondish hair, yeah. and I'm saying, imagine him with thick glasses and dark hair. Well, no, the dudes also had blonde hair. I'm sorry. The Canadian dudes, the hockey player dudes. Did you the go Canadians. to sleep during this movie? No. They did not have blonde hair. They had blonde hair. They did not have blonde hair. I guarantee you they did not have blonde hair. We may be reading colors differently. That's the poster. Now, granted, that is a drawing, not a photograph, but they did not have blonde hair. Yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, anyway. You're thinking of Brad Pitt. No. <laughs> and we'll talk to him. I sw we'll talk about him. I swear we will. Yeah, it's you know, fine. Just, just hold your horses. Well, I'm fine. Calm, you know, just calm your, calm down. I know that you love him uh, so No, very I'm much. thinking about this one. This guy had kind of the blondish hair. So one of the Canadian dudes had kind of blondish hair. So I am two-thirds wrong. My bad. Anyway. Uh, the movie was uh, directed by George Roy Hill, who had made other movies with um, Paul Newman. Newman. Yeah. Um, and... This has become sort of a sports cult classic movie. Um, it, you know, it's very, very dated, not only in the, the fashion. Oh, my God. Some of All which, of the pants look like upholstery, and Paul Newman at one point wears a brown leather leisure suit. <laughs> it was vomit-inducing. Some of the clothes could have been considered a crime against humanity. They still can. But, uh, and also there is some language in the film, and I don't just mean your usual cussing. I mean there is some very, um, what now would be considered inappropriate use of slang terms for um, gays and lesbians. Um, and the C word gets dropped a few times. Uh -huh. um, and there's, there's other assorted cussing throughout the film. But uh, that, if you're sensitive to that sort of language, then maybe give Slapshot a pass. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, it, you know, the, the struggle of uh, Paul Newman's character, who is... I think trying to put off the inevitable uh, approach of age. Um, he says in the movie that he's, you know, certainly too old to get drafted by a professional hockey team. Uh, but he keeps, you know, going out there and 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 being a player coach, and he he keeps trying to uh, re woo his wife. Uh, while also having plenty of um, extra events going on, hockey groupie tales. Yes, yes. Um, and but he's, you can, you know, it's clear he is fighting the inevitability of acting his age. Well, yeah, it's middle age crisis. He's he's a uh, a frat boy in a forty plus year old body. Yeah. So. You know, he, he's got all that going on. Aunt Keen is uh, the, and he's no angel by any means. He's cheating on his wife 
as well, apparently. Um, but he's um, he's trying to, I, I guess you could consider it having his cake and eating it too by being on this ragtag hockey team, but trying to be a good hockey player. He's trying to take the high road as far as the hockey is concerned. Right. Even though he is a scumbag as far as his wife is concerned. Well, they're both scumbags as far as they're both concerned. Well, yeah, she's she's just very troubled. Um, she's lonely. She, yeah, she, she doesn't hates, like the life of a hockey wife. And he's on the road all the time on the bus, riding around with the guys or at practice or playing a game or whatever. Uh, and they go out for, for drinks after the game, so he doesn't get home until very, very late. Um, but, yeah, she's she's on well on her way to being an alcoholic because she walks around with either a flask or a bottle and a brown paper in a bag. bag. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's an ex... It's, you know, not only is it a look at this hockey team and its struggles, but it's also a look at the Rust Belt and how, um, you know, globalization, which is a word I don't think they used in 1977, but how, you know, the jobs are going to cheaper manufacturing uh -huh. in foreign countries um, and how that way of life is dying uh -huh. because the economic base Dies. Yeah, and it's taken whole communities with it. Right. So, um, it, it is. It, it is a sort of. It's an all-encompassing look at not just this hockey team and the various, you know, sad sacks that are on it, but it's also looking at a a community that's going to die in the very near future. They've already gotten. Um, you know their death sentence it's just not been carried out yet and when when the plant closes that'll be that yeah they're gonna dry up um, so you know I it, it's it has a serious underpinning but it also has this goofy group of hockey players who discover success in violence um, and 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 I enjoyed it. I thought at, at times it was very funny, and at other times it, you know, it was it was intriguing to to watch these guys. And there's some. Granted, I don't know squat about hockey, other than you try to put the hard round black thing the in, in uh, the puck. Thank you, uh, with the curved stick uh, into the net, and the other team's trying to stop you from doing that. I could not even begin to tell you what icing or offsides is, um, or, well, practically anything else associated with hockey. Uh, and I don't really understand why there are so many fights, other than as an intimidation tactic. But, you know, that is not, that is my lack of understanding of hockey. Yeah. I, but I, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. And I'm glad I've seen it. So tell me how much you loved it. Okay, first of all, a little bit of my backstory. Uh -huh. I worked for a Fox television affiliate mm -hmm. for a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, I ran lots of sporting events, mm -hmm. um, live sporting events. Um, even when I worked in radio prior to this, I ran some live sporting events mm -hmm. at one of the stations um, where I worked. 
um, including NASCAR races. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that running NASCAR races mm -hmm. on the radio, listening to people talk about people, drivers driving around in an oval over and over yeah. and over again, right. was way more interesting than running live hockey games on television <laughs> where you're actually seeing what's happening. Uh -huh. Okay, that is my personal bias. Right, right. Um, I am not such the sporty spice person. Right, neither am I. Um, I am, however, a fan of the golden days of the movie star. Mm -hmm. And as such, this movie was remarkably dreadful oh. for me. <laughs> oh, okay. um, Because it was like, it was like Paul Newman sliding down the slippery, slidey slope of the 70s and just like um, telling Joanne, you know, I know the babies need a pair of shoes and I'm gonna do this film because I need the paycheck. It was, it was dreadful for me. Um, there, the, the humor is crude uh -huh. um, and I, I, I love bathroom juvenile right. humor. One of my favorite movies in the world is Animal House. Um, this film is not in that same league or caliber of, of juvenile bathroom humor at all. It's, to me, it's just crass and sad and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I've seen it too, so I know that I don't need to see it anymore. <laughs> So, um, for whatever that's worth to you. Well, I, I'm sorry that you didn't enjoy it. I didn't. I mean, Paul Newman, even with his salt and pepper hair, was beautiful. Yes. Michael Antkin was probably at just about at the height of his powers here. Um, he was. He was. Um, he had a moment in the late '70s mm -hmm. and possibly into the early '80s, maybe a little bit. He had a TV show on ABC, as I recall, called The Rookies. Was he in that? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he was. He I'm was pretty sure. I'm he sure. was about at the height of his powers here. There's there is a mildly amusing scene toward the end of the film where he um, he sees his newly made over wife in the stands at the hockey game, um, and she's like all she's been like a a very tomboyish mm -hmm. kind of masculine girl mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing until. Paul Newman takes her to his ex-wife, almost ex-wife's beauty salon to have her dolled up. Mm -hmm. So she comes in with his, with Paul Newman's ex-wife. They go sit up in the stands to watch this hockey game and she's dolled up and, you know, looks like a girl. She's had her hair done and Her hair's makeup done and, and she's, yeah, and she looks she, nice. She looks like she's wearing like a fur coat or jacket. Um, the other wife definitely is wearing a fur. Okay. I don't know, I don't know if she has on some like fur or, and also these are, you know, pre, pre fur being bad days. Yeah. So Paul Newman's pimp coat has a big fur collar on it. Um, <laughs> atrocious fashion <laughs> in this film like that that's the funniest part of the whole thing for me it is, is, is it the, is the clothing yeah. but anyway Michael Antkin sees his newly dolled up wife in the stands mm -hmm. and he's like this revelation appears to come over him and he's like she's a girl 
and she's a hot girl and I'm gonna make an impression on her. And so he's skating around the ice doing a striptease, mm -hmm. taking off his uniform, his pads, his jersey, all the things. And even at the height of Michael Ontkeen's powers, him without a shirt on is, he's just a pasty, skinny white guy. Yeah. So um, that he he should have left something to the imagination. Well, especially when he when he skates off the ice and goes into the locker room. Oh, we see butt cheeks. And yeah, you see, he's wearing a jock strap, and of course that shows a lot of butt. Yeah. Actually, all your butt. We see his butt cheeks. We see some boobies. Yeah. Um, There's also some photos, some pinups that are on a wall behind the guy who's obsessed with sex. Yeah, so this is not a movie for kids, no, no, even no, 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 no. even though it's, you know, intellectually it's on their par, but... Um, oh. It, I, I just, I didn't like it. Which is a little bit of a surprise. Sorry. Not, not, no, only because I did not feel the waves of disgust rolling off of you, like... I do when we watch something I've picked that you really don't like, or Waves of Boredom. I, uh, when we watched Rogue One, a Star Wars story, I could, I could just tell, because the way our living room is set up, I have a, a chair, and then you're on the couch, which is behind Slightly me. Slightly behind you, yeah. And I could just, I could feel the boredom as you're watching that movie. Yeah, yeah. Not disgust, boredom. And then uh, other other things we've watched that that you haven't been a big fan of. It, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I could I could feel that. And that, that one other too. clown thing that was supposed well, like I hated a that mockumentary. Yeah, the the whatever that clown wrinkle was thing wrinkle wrinkles butt the crown wrinkles whatever. maybe I don't my remember. wrinkly ass I don't know I don't anyway <laughs> I don't remember but yeah Sorry. I I um. You didn't feel it this time? I didn't feel it this time. I thought, well, I, maybe I, she likes it too. And it's like, mm, no, no. Not so much. You don't. Not well, so much. That is a little little sad, a little troubling. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it's fine. This movie wasn't hugely successful when it was released. No! It, well... Actually, that kind of does surprise me because as a product of its times, um, there, was, there was like a rash of these... Um, these bad luck jock movies. Mm -hmm. There was this bad news bears, mm -hmm. um, some other things, and then some other films that were just, um, you know, like crude slapstick frat boy kind of things. Mm -hmm. Animal House being one literal right. frat boy thing, right. um, in a whole nother league than this. But anyway, yeah, it's 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 a product of its times. It um, stands looking for the numbers. Well, there are no numbers. It is uh, it's pre Rotten Tomatoes, and apparently either. Oh, it, I thought you were looking for budget numbers. Well, no, I've, how much I it costs have, to make those? I actually have that. Uh, uh, okay. Memorized, but oh. um, the the. Uh, critics were not very kind to it um, for on various levels. Gene Siskel gave it two and a half out of four stars. Mm. Um, but he watched it like just a few weeks later again. Liked it better. And then he liked it better. Hmm. 
Uh, the movie was made for $6 million. Yeah. Now, at that budget, and considering how promotion has, you know, other than maybe some TV commercials. Yeah. Um, or some newspaper ads or whatever. Yeah, there would have been a lot of print. Um, they certainly don't promote movies the way they do now with viral marketing and and paid for tweets yeah. or uh, Instagram posts by influencers and such sure. as that. But it was made for $6 million. It made 28. So decent. Yeah, that's four times. Yeah. Well, over four times. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, return. So it made money, just maybe not as much as what some people thought. But... It is um, it is being reconsidered, um, you know. Again, like I said, it's become a sports cult classic, and it is a um, considered, you know, it's one of the uh, of the era. It's considered one of the better movies. Now, it's considered one of the better movies. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, um, and it was based in part on a true story. Um, the writer, uh, Nancy Dowd. Nancy Dowd, yeah, who had a very small part she in the movie. based much of her script as well as several of the characters on her brother Ned Dowd's playing experiences on 1970s minor league professional hockey teams. Okay. Uh, while Slapshot received mixed reviews upon release and was only a moderate box office success, it has since become widely regarded as a cult film. So. Okay. All right. We'll uh, come back with our ratings of Slapshot as well as talk about what we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Uh, we watched Slapshot, the 1977 Paul Newman uh, action sports movie that, uh, well, we have a difference of opinion on. So let's find out right now how big a difference. Maud, tell me, what rating, based on five, whatever you choose, get uh, does Slapshot get? Two pucks. Two pucks, not even flaming pucks. They're well, they could be pucks. they could be like the fox's glowing puck, which just made hockey worse, <laughs> which everybody hated. Yes. I do. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't care for it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, considering the time, you know, you got to look past some things that were considered okay. But I'm giving Slapshot five stars. Wow. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I am glad that, that I watched it. Well, I'm glad I've seen it, too. Well, but for different it's reasons. It's an experience I've had, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we become more well-rounded people from a variety of experiences. We know ourselves and each other better. Yes. So why don't you tell me what you've watched? Okay, the the only really notable thing that I actually took a note on was um, the other night I stayed up late and um, on Hulu, which the Hulu is pretty much my jam. 
um, that there's like always something on Hulu for me to mm -hmm. enjoy. But um, the United States versus Billie Holiday from 2021 had been on my radar for a long time that like, you know, when I have time, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna watch this. And so over the weekend, I had time to sit and watch. Um, the movie starred Andra Day, singer extraordinaire in the role of um, Lady Day, Billie Holiday, and yes, she did all of her own vocals throughout the film. Um, Leslie Jordan, um, who we know from his quarantine videos where he starts, well, blank, what are y'all doing? <laughs> um, he stars as a um, journalist, sort of, um, known as Reginald Lord Divine. Um, Miss Lawrence, who plays a character named Miss Freddie, billed at the time as Lawrence Washington. Natasha Lyonne um, has a small role as Tallulah Bankhead, um, and Travante Rhodes as Jimmy Fletcher, um, and some, some other people, um, a fairly decent sized cast for this film. Um, I don't really know how historically accurate this film is, but it uh, it chronicles um, it chronicles the the song "Strange Fruit" mm -hmm. and um, Billie Holiday's drug problems mm -hmm. and legal problems that were brought on by the drug problems, mm -hmm. allegedly. Um, there were those, herself included, who believed that the feds were not after her because of drugs, that they were after her because they could not silence her from singing this song, mm -hmm. and that the song was, um, was shining a spotlight on um, American culture and um, racial problems and um, the government's lack of response to to same mm -hmm. um, in a in an unfavorable light. Yes, because the fruit in Strange Fruit is corpses who have been lynched hanging from a tree. Have, black people who have been lynched. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's it's gritty. There's nudity and a lot of language, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of really good. Um, performances by Miss Day mm -hmm. playing Lady Day. Mm -hmm. um, the vocals are remarkable. She, her transformation into, um, into the person of Billie Holiday was something that I found really remarkable. Now we had last year, I think, um, watched a Billie Holiday documentary simply mm -hmm. called Billie, mm -hmm. and there was tons and tons of footage of her um, back in the day at various stages of her too short career um, and um, comparing Andra Day's portrayal of Billie Holiday versus the documentary footage, um, the, the transformation was um, really impressive to me and, and the vocal stylings were remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, so however much dramatic um, literary license the writers took with this film as far as you know historical accuracy I really don't know 
um, but I enjoyed the movie very much and um, definitely recommend it. It's, you can stream it for free on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've we've watched some stuff, but I, I haven't really watched much of anything on my own. Okay. Well, one of those things that we watched was um, A Gray State that is on Discovery+. Plus. Yeah. It's a one-hour documentary about this young man, uh, David Crowley, who was uh, in the process of making an independent movie. He'd actually created like a 12-minute trailer as like a sizzle reel so that he could go out and try to get some like crowdfunding. Uh, financing. Yeah. Not crowdfunding. No, he was taking he it the, to studios. He got the trailer funded with crowdfunding, I think. I, I, probably. Yeah, Indiegogo, <clears throat> I think. Um, and um, he, he was an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he had married a woman who was of the Muslim faith, but she converted to Christianity. They had a little girl, uh, Ronnie. Ranny, Ronnie, something like that. Her name was Rania, but they sometimes referred to her as Ronnie. Um, and he, you know, they seemed to be a very happy couple. And, you know, she was a dietitian helping people, you know, eat better and get healthier. Mm-hmm. And, and she was supporting their family. She was supporting the family because he was making this, this uh, trailer and writing the script and uh, had actually gone out to Hollywood and shown it to some studio executives and from a small studio they were going to uh, try to get his movie financed. Now here's the thing about the movie. It is um, it's a QAnon wet dream uh, from the story that it looks like they wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. The government coming in uh, with these stormtroopers and, you know, rounding you up if you didn't believe the same way uh, or didn't believe the way they wanted you to believe. They were, you know, mark of the beast on on the mm-hmm. arm, inje- something injected into your arm, and it made this triangle shape. Like brand almost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were indoctrinating your kids, and they were doing summary executions. Um, Total conspiracy theory stuff. Yes, and, you know, uh, you know, it was the kind of thing that um, you can hear about um, on InfoWars or... Um, oh, that dude. Yeah, um, and, you know, just, just stuff that I guess it's possible it could happen one day but a lot of stuff's got to go wrong so this was the movie he was trying to make and one day like at the end of a years a few days after Christmas some people go to check on them because they see they have Christmas gifts stacked up on their front door at their front door mm-hmm. and they look in a window and they see bodies and hear a dog barking hear a dog barking and the police come over and all the three of them are dead all shot to death Mm -hmm. including the little girl who was maybe five six maybe five or six at the time of the shooting and that has led to conspiracy theories about how they were silenced and they didn't have any issues and they didn't 
you know, there was no evidence of psychological problems with with uh, no David. P no PTSD. No PTSD. He was fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as often happens with these kinds of stories, the people who uh, are the most ardent in the belief in a theory are the most wrong, because over the course of the documentary, we learn they were having marital problems and they both were having psychological issues. Mm -hmm. So it appears to be a murder-suicide. But how we get from point A to point Z, um, I, it was, it, granted, it's depressing, but I found the whole thing really interesting to watch. It was, it was a fascinating study. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a train crash that you can't look away from. Kinda, yeah. Um, and you you know you just feel awful for well for all of them, but especially for the little girl, um, who did not have a chance, um, and she probably was the first one to be killed. Yes. Um. And you hear because David recorded everything. Yeah, he had uh, he had video and audio recordings on his phone um, that uh, Comel, his wife, mm -hmm. and him talking this gibberish about spirits and demons and yeah, they they're when they first were married, she apparently um, converted to Christianity and that was their thing for a while but then Christianity sort of got kicked to the curb for this more sinister sort of spiritualism and then we're hearing talk of them hearing voices in their heads and you know is it a demon blah 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 it, it became very odd and creepy right and this this documentary follows them through david's recordings and bits and pieces of the uh trailer mm -hmm. that he made um and his belief system and you know his eventual unraveling really dark uh and it's it, it is very sad but also very fascinating to watch it's called a gray state and you can find it on uh discovery plus uh and i also have watched six of the ten episodes of sandman on netflix the neil gaiman and others um comic book that has been um put on TV on Netflix and I've really been enjoying it. Now, I might for most of these things try to run down sort of a plot, but it is so weird and <laughs> twisted, multi-layered. Yes, that I'm not even going to try and I don't want to spoil anything for people. Um it is a um very imaginative uh, the source material is very imaginative. And I think the way they've put it on the screen um, allows people who are unaware of it, the source material, to um, find a way in. And um, because they, 
he the Sandman is the the king of dreams and nightmares, um, and but he spends some time in what they call the waking world, um, and the various characters not only in the waking world but also the other um, spectral creatures that occupy various realms of his world mm-hmm. um, sometimes come into the waking world, and it's it's. I've really enjoyed it. It's um, and I'm looking forward to watching the last four episodes um, because it's, as I said, very imaginative and sort of mind bendy and it's, trippy. I've I've really it's really been good. Cool. I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, and you and I went to see Bullet Train at the theater. Yes, we did. <laughs> It's, we uh, did all the things. We went to church, and then we had lunch out, yes. and then we did a little shopping at several different places. Yes. And then we went to the movie theater and watched this movie, and then we stopped at the Crystal Drive Through on the way home. So it was it was a day, y'all. But anyway, we're talking about the movie. That's right. right. Now. Well, let me set up why we oh, went to yeah, see yeah, the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in my twisted little brain got the idea that you were very interested in seeing the Leonard Cohen documentary, which was had a limited release in theaters, um, about the song Hallelujah, and all the various artists that have recorded it and had had dealings with, with Cohen or were just fans of his. Um, and, and, you know, it's a two-hour documentary about this song and about the... Um, its effect on other artists. And it would be cool to see, but you know, I can wait until it streams. Well, we got, um, we were out and meandering about, and um, you asked me, you know, something about if I was, if, you know, this, this if you was were the doing movie. A, yeah, if you were doing a movie to review, what would you be seeing? And, and you're like, I well, said, not well, I was going to, I was going to go see Bullet Train, and she said, "Well, let's go see that." And you were like, oh? "I'm sorry. What is this? Is this a trap of some sort? What have you done with my wife? Are you trying to trick me into getting in a fight or something? <laughs> not that she's ever done that." And it was like, "Well, I thought you really wanted to see the Cohen thing." And she, no, no, not really. Did did I lose my mind? I I'm not smelling toast or tasting <laughs> copper. Is, is there something going on? Um, but either I told myself you wanted to see the Cohen thing, um, or we had a very inconsequential discussion of seeing it. And he said, "Yeah, that might be good," and then I blew that up into. I really must see this right now. Or there was another movie that I mentioned opening this coming weekend that I nope. really would like to see. Nope, that's not it. Okay, well then, um, I zigged and you zagged and we ended up seeing Bullet Train. And we ended up seeing Bullet Train starring uh, Brad Pitt as a, uh, a former assassin who now just does little non-violent jobs because Snatch he's, and grabs. he's he's um he's trying he's he's been in therapy and he's trying to reduce his stress and he's trying to you know be a better person he's done a lot of self-work exactly hurt and people hurt people that's exactly right and 
Brad Pitt is never better than when he is just a guy. Um, he he's not this dark brooding assassin. Um, he's not um, some sort of quirky thing like his insane person in Twelve Monkeys. Um, and he's not beautiful. He's not the beautiful guy like, you know. He's still an attractive man, but there's right. a lot of years on that face now. Uh, he's got, he's he's 58 now. He was like 56 when they shot this. He's got lines and wrinkles he's and got, things. He's got lines and wrinkles. Uh, he's got sun spots on his face. Um, and He's not flawless anymore. He he's He's just, in this movie, he is this guy who's trying to do a simple job and everything gets in his way um, and he's he's just this 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 flustered average guy and he's so good at that when he does it he's just hapless yes he, like you know his good luck is his undoing or his bad luck either um, way because he feels like he's got bad luck. Um, you know, unrelated things to his job happen while he's on the job. Yeah. Um, and then things, you know, he's he's supposed to just be on this train for one stop. He's supposed to pick up this uh, silver briefcase that's got a train sticker on the handle. And he's uh, supposed to go from one stop to the next, grab the case, get off. Yeah. And these bullet trains, at least in the movie only stop for one minute at each station mm -hmm. so he's you know he's he's got to be ready to go and you know the first stop where he's supposed to get off some guy with a wearing a a, a nudie suit um with a wine stain on it stabs him with a knife as before he can go out the door um it's and and, and that's just the beginning of of things going wrong for him on this journey. It's two hours of action and gore um, and funny stuff and very entertaining characters. And I thought it was great. I really liked it, too. <laughs> and th that's the bigger surprise, I think, of this week yeah. is that I liked this as much as I did uh -huh. and didn't like slap shot as much as I didn't. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it was thoroughly entertaining from front to back. Um, Joey King is remarkable mm -hmm. as um, playing, cast very much against type. Mm -hmm. um, we, we see a lot of, uh, we see a lot of random characters mm -hmm. who turn out not to be random at all. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just really, it's action-packed, but it's also, there's a heavy dose of black comedy. Oh, yeah. Well, and... and slapstick. And slapstick. Um, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry played the twins. These dudes are priceless. Tangerine and Lemon. Tangerine and Lemon. Um, and they are, they are killers, mob killers, um, who are referred to as the twins mm -hmm. even though one is white and one is black and they and they are constantly bickering over Thomas the Tank Engine if you haven't seen it 
it's not gonna that line sounds insane but it is so good and it's scattered throughout their interactions um and and um brian tyree henry's interactions with other people Mm -hmm. and i i just thought i just thought it was great it was a ton of fun so if you haven't seen bullet train yet by all means get to a theater and see it as soon as you can just don't take small children no no it is a hard r as far as violence and gore um goes and language and is not good. well there's there's quite a bit of language um and uh there's um and I was trying to remember. Do you remember when Brad Pitt was having that flashback about spying on the senator who was having the sexual affair with somebody? And there was this couple. Yeah, there up were here. there was a yeah. couple looking. Yeah, that was. Was she naked? Yes. Okay, I I couldn't remember. But it was from a distance. Yes, it but was. you could tell what they're doing. Well, yeah, it was and obvious was, what they were doing. And she was nude. And she was naked. So you you get some bits, um, but the people you would like to see naked, you never do. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 not for children, but it is an enormously fun movie, and I suggest everybody go see it. You got anything else? Reading any books you want to tell everybody about? Um, still working on Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm gonna pick a little book for my pick for the week mm-hmm. and make you read it, and then we'll discuss it. You'll read it, and I'll read it. Yeah, together like book club, and then we'll discuss it. Like book club. That's why it would be a little book. Because I wouldn't make you read a big book. Anyway, it's we should um, wind it up. Yeah, it's it's getting about that time. Next week's my turn. I have no idea. So blah blah blah. blah, blah, Let's go. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We of course are on all the podcast platforms. Give us a like, rate, and review, uh, and a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That does us the most good. You can also give us five stars on uh, Spotify, and I think you can rate us on Apple Podcast or, or uh, uh, Amazon Music as well. So, and we are on there, and you know, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you'll find us on there. Uh, if you have a suggestion for something you'd like us to watch and talk about on Comedy Tragedy Marriage, send the information to us in an email. Tell us the name of what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. Send it to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message uh, by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. I'm Stan the Movie Man. She's Maude the Movie Broad. I love you. Love you too. And until next time. Later. Later. Yay!